those in the sanctuary with us, if you want to turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter number 30, 1 Samuel chapter number 30. I'm not here to preach a message this morning per se, but I do believe that I'm on assignment this morning uh, to speak into your life. And uh, I believe God's going to minister to some hearts in this room. And I'm going to use a very familiar story for many of you in this room, so please don't be distracted and block me out because you think you know this story, okay? Many of you know this story. And you're probably not going to hear nothing new about this story, but I'm going to pull a few things from this story that I believe God would have us uh, to hear this morning. Also, I'm going to ask as we get ready to get into the word, I'm going to ask that you would give, give this next few moments your undivided attention. I think we've gotten to a place where we're so casual in the house of God. And I'm not talking about dress, but we've become so casual in our mindset when it comes to the house of God. And I want us to be a people that reverence the house of God in every manner. I'm old fashioned, I know that. And I don't have a problem with you labeling me that. But when I walk in this building, even during the week and nobody's here, and I have to wear a hat to cover my bald head, it comes off when I come in because I respect this building that much. I teach my grandson to do the same thing. Please hear me. We can go to the cinema. I don't have a problem if you go there if you're watching something godly. But you can sit there for two and a half, three hours and never move. But we have a generation that comes to the house of God. We can't sit here for 15 minutes. If you have a medical condition, that's fine. But listen, when we come to the house of God, he deserves our best. He deserves our respect. Please hear me. And, and I'm not being harsh this morning, but many times people say, well, I didn't get nothing. Well, it's hard to get something when you're in and out of the sanctuary 15 times in an hour and a half. It's hard to get something when you're sitting in the lobby talking and communicate. You can fellowship all you want before and after. You can stay here all day. I don't care. But church time's church time. Worship time's worship time. Preaching time is preaching time. God wants to speak to us, so please hear me. I don't want us to miss what God has. Please hear me. Is that all right this morning? So, amen. First Samuel chapter 30, I'll get off that so y'all stay with me. I'm going to read this morning starting in verse number one. I'm going to jump through this passage. And for a subject this morning, if the Lord would help me, I'm going to talk to you about an unexpected rescue. Some of you walked in here thinking, well, I'm going to do it because it's what I'm supposed to do, but you don't realize you're getting ready to get rescued. Do you hear me this morning? Verse number one. And it come to pass when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south in Ziglag and had smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire. They had taken the women and captives and that were therein, and they slew not any, either great or small, but they carried them away and went on their way. 
So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Verse number six. And David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. David said to Abathar, the priest, Amalekite's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And the priest brought him the ephod, and David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. Verse number 9. So David went, he and 600 men that were with him, and they came down to the brook, and there they left behind 200 of those men because they was too weak to continue. And as they began to move on, they found in verse number 11, an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread, and he did eat, and they made him to drink. And they gave him a piece of cake of figs and two clusters of raisins, and when he had eaten, his spirit came to him, for he had eaten no bread nor drunk any water three days and three nights. Verse number 13. David said unto him, To whom belongest thou, and whence art thou? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to an Amplicite, and my master left me because three days ago I fell sick. We made an invasion upon the south, and also we got into the coast that belongs to Judah, and also we burned Ziglag with fire. Verse number 15, David said to him, can you bring me down to the company? And he said, I will bring you to the company if you promise not to slay me. Verse number 16, and when he had brought him down, behold, there was spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. And David smote them from the twilight even unto the evening of the next day. And there escaped not a man of them, only 400 young men, which rode upon camels and fled. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. And there was nothing lacking to them. Neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil, nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. If it wasn't so long, I'd read it all again just to make sure you got it. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. Lord, I thank you for what you're about to do in our presence this morning. I thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in this room as well. We yield to him today and ask him to have his will and his way. I ask that this vessel would be anointed to speak your word with power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit in a manner where life would forever be changed. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Thank you for honoring the word of the Lord this morning. Our subject today is the unexpected rescue. 
This is a familiar story for many of you in this room. However, currently, I think we can draw some parallels to what is taking place at this time in history versus what is taking place presently today. Currently, we are witnessing the destruction and the captivity of our land as well as our families and our children. The intensity of the demonic presence is unable to be ignored in this hour. The attempt to destroy the very foundation of America and its value is in full swing. Whether you want to acknowledge that or not, it does not change the fact that we are witnessing it continually every day. Our families, our faith, and our freedom is now been sought after by those that hate it. Please hear me. Daily we are witnessing the effects of the strategic attack upon a nation, upon a people, and upon an institution. We are currently seeing an increase of darkness in nearly every area of life. Our mothers and our fathers are in a downward spiral emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and even physically. They have believed the lies of the enemy that their lives are not valuable. When they see themselves, they see nothing but lack. They see nothing but darkness. They see nothing to be hopeful for. Failing to embrace that which God has said concerning them. I don't want you to take my word for it this morning, but I'd like for you to take King David's word forward in Psalms 139, 13 and 14. He reminds us, he says, for thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. He said, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. I wonder, does anybody in this room this morning understand that you are fearfully and wonderfully made? You say, well, is it important for me to know that? Absolutely it is. Because can I tell you, when you understand that there is value in what God has created, you begin to understand that there's value in you. I don't care how broken you are this morning. I don't care how scarred you are this morning. I don't care how many disappointments you've had in your life this morning. I want you to understand before we go any further that you're still fearfully and wonderfully made and you're still valuable today. But the enemy sets and continually tells us that there's no reason to look forward because of this. And there's no reason to try to get beyond this because of that. And I want to remind you today that you and I, uh, we have a responsibility. Uh, and that responsibility is when you see a weaker brother or sister that we are to uplift them and encourage them. Uh, listen, uh, I'm, I want you to 
under, I'm going to cover a lot of stuff this morning if the Lord would help me. Uh, but today I want you to understand what we're dealing with cannot be ignored. Uh, we have a generation uh, that has been led to believe that there is no value and there is no purpose uh, and that we're just going to get through uh, the best we can. Uh, but can I tell you the problem with that uh, when you begin to find yourself in that mindset is uh, that our children are been raised in this environment, which breeds nothing but confusion. One day they see joy, and the next day they see desperation. One day they see excitement, and the next day they see nothing to be excited about. They hear a message of victory, but yet they see everyone around them walking in a state of defeat. What has happened is somewhere along the way, in our prosperity and in the midst of our slumber and focus, there is an enemy that has came and he has placed us into captivity. William Booth made this statement many years ago concerning the very hour in which we're living right now. He was speaking so prophetically, and I, I don't believe he understood the essence, really, of how prophetic he was speaking when he made this quote. He said, the chief danger that confronts the coming century will be religion without the Holy Ghost, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, politics without God, and heaven without hell. Hear me. One may ask, how did we end up here? It is clearly the result of our neglecting the most important things that has been entrusted to us, and that is this, our personal relationship with Jesus Christ, our spouse, and our children. Currently, we are witnessing these three areas be attacked without mercy. If you are a Christ follower, then you obviously are the problem with society today. It's one thing to believe in God, but it's totally different to put your faith and your trust in the one named Jesus Christ. If you endorse traditional marriage, then obviously you're the problem because the biblical blueprint for marriage, hear me, means that you are a closed-minded individual and you're out of date and out of style. And heaven forbid if you guide or give any instruction or correction to your children in any manner because obviously you are really truly the problem because we understand that the biblical blueprint for development of children is now considered harmful and closed-minded. And recently we was even told that our children don't even belong to us. They belong to everybody. That don't work at my house. Please hear me. What I'm saying this morning is this. However, we have stepped back. And if we step back and look and examine just for a moment the current trend, it does not take us long to see the true nature of what is taking place. Much like in David's day, when he returned to Ziglag and found the burning embers of what used to be 
And when he looked around and he saw that everyone was taken captive, something sparked inside of David in such a manner that he realized someone had staked claim to something that did not belong to them. We see David and his men became so overwhelmed at what they saw, so much so that they began to weep. And the Bible says that they wept until they had no more strength or ability to weep. If you read in verse number six of what we read together, you will find that it says, and David was greatly distressed. Please hear me today. We're in a place where there is a great presence of a weight upon a nation, upon a people, but there is even a greater weight upon men and women of God because the enemy is speaking to them in a manner that says you could never make a change, you could never make a difference. And I know when we look around sometimes we buy into the lies of the enemy that there is more that's against us than that's for us, but that's not true, my friend. And we have to learn that there comes a time where we have to take responsibility. And this morning I come to inform you that that which David did is a blueprint for what you and I must do because when he found himself greatly distressed and the noise all around him from 600 men was saying, let's just stone him because it's his fault. We was following him. We was doing what he instructed us to do. And while we was doing what was right, we have now lost everything. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. Can I tell you, we are in a season right now where the church of Jesus Christ has got to begin to get their eyes off the natural things that they see and begin to spiritually come back to the word of God and realize uh, how this thing ends. We are not leaving defeated. Uh, we are not barely going to crawl out of this thing and say, oh, we made it to heaven. Uh, but no, we are going to exit as a glorious church. Uh, we are going to exit in power and authority. Uh, so all the noise and all the stuff that's going on and even the smell of burning embers cannot distract me or, and it cannot discourage me this morning uh, because can I tell you, uh, when I begin to feel the weight of this thing, uh, I have learned that if I just go back and I begin to encourage myself in the Lord, uh, that things begin to change and take on a different perspective uh, and I realize uh, that it's not really what I think it is. Uh, yes, I'm not oblivious to the fact that there is the smell of smoke in our world. I, I'm not oblivious to the fact that things are being destroyed and burning even now. I, I'm not oblivious to the fact that yes, I see our sons and daughters and our spouses uh, in chains of bondage, uh, but also I know this, uh, that I have a God uh, that is still able to do exceedingly abundantly whatever asked or think. 
And when I began to encourage myself in the Lord, uh, as David did, uh, I began to realize uh, that there is still more that's for me than against me. Uh, I still realize that there is nothing uh, that can stop the hand of God. Uh, I know that I have limitations, uh, but I know that the God that's inside of me uh, is not limited by my limitations, uh, but he is able to take the broken and put it back together. Uh, He is able to take the one that is not most likely to succeed uh, and give him a place of provision and authority. Uh, I want you to understand this morning, uh, the enemy's lying to you and telling you you can never get beyond, uh, but I come to tell you if somebody uh, would once again encourage themselves in the Lord, uh, you have yet to see uh, the goodness of God. (coughs) Hallelujah. This morning, you and I, if we're not careful, We will allow an enemy to destroy us. Uh, We will allow an enemy to destroy our families. Uh, We'll allow an enemy to destroy uh, the very foundation of the things that God is wanting to create in the moment and the hour in which we're in. But please hear me. David notices in his distress that he realized uh, that he could not handle the task before him by himself. And I want you to hear me this morning. The daunting task that is before us is beyond us. We cannot do it in our intellect. We cannot do it in yesterday's anointing. We cannot do it on grandma's story. We cannot do it on grandpa's experience. Uh, We can't do it by just visiting history. But there's going to be something required of us. And David, in his distress, he looked around as he began to encourage himself. He realized, I gotta do something more than cry aloud. Uh, He said, I gotta do something more than just lift my voice. Uh, So he calls over to the priest. Uh, He says, Abathar, would you come here, please? I need you to do something for me. Uh, I need you to bring me the ephod. Uh, I don't have time to go in depth with the ephod, uh, but I will tell you this, it's a little apron. Uh, It has a strap on each shoulder. Uh, It has 12 stones uh, on on the breastplate of it. Uh, It has a strap of gold around the waistband. Uh, But when somebody wanted to get along with God, it was part of the priestly garment. Uh, If the priest was gonna work and operate uh, in any realm, he had to put the ephod on. Uh, But when the priest was looking for direction and guidance, uh, when he needed some clarity, uh, when he, thank you my friend, uh, when he needed something more than what he had presently, uh, there was a couple of stones on there uh, on each side. Uh, And the custom was, uh, I I gotta have some direction. Uh, I gotta have some clarity. Uh, I gotta have some guidance. Uh, So he would take this hand, uh, and he would take this hand, uh, and he would grab a hold of those stones, uh, and he began to seek God. uh, And he'd say, God, I need you. Uh, God, should I pursue, uh, or should I stay? Uh, God, uh, what do I do from here? Uh, It's bigger than me. I don't understand it. Uh, But we know this according to history. Uh, all throughout Old Testament scripture uh, that when the priest would go in uh, and they had the ephod, uh, they would walk out with direction. Uh, they'd walk out with guidance. Uh, they would stand with confidence and say, we're gonna pursue uh, or we're gonna do this or we're gonna do that. Uh, can I 
tell you, uh, you and I are in a place right now uh, where we are in intense battle. uh, And if we're ever going to win this thing, uh, we're not going to win it by singing a song. uh, We're not going to win it by hearing a message. uh, But we're going to hear in the direction of God when we are willing uh, to grab a hold of a spiritual ephod. Uh, Listen, uh, we don't have to put on a natural ephod, uh, but there is an ephod today uh, that has been given to the church of Jesus Christ. Uh, And can I tell you that ephod? uh, It is the power and the anointing and the presence of the Holy Ghost. Uh, And I know this may not be popular uh, because we like Christianity to be simple and smooth, uh, but I gotta tell somebody, uh, you gotta get beyond your salvation experience. Uh, You gotta get beyond your religious ideology, uh, but you gotta get to a place of desperation uh, and realize uh, if you want your spouse to be delivered, uh, if you want your children to be delivered, uh, then you're gonna have to ask the high priest to give you something. Uh, David said, I can't do it by myself, uh, but I gotta have what you've got in your possession. Uh, Can I tell you, Jesus said in John 16, uh, it's expedient that I go away uh, so that the Father will send he the other comforter. Uh, Listen, can I tell you, uh, Luke chapter 24 tells us, uh, verse 19 I believe it is, uh, it's important uh, that you go uh, and you receive this thing that I have for you. Uh, What am I talking about? Uh, Is that there's a power uh, and an impartation uh, of the Holy Ghost uh, for every man, woman, boy, or girl. Uh, And if you're going to walk in victory, uh, you're going to have to have it. But we got a generation today, you hear me? We got a generation today that's been born uh, in a place of a heritage uh, of knowing uh, their grandmas and their grandpas, uh, their mamas and daddies uh, had an encounter with the power of God. uh, And they know the Holy Ghost is real, uh, but we're too ashamed of it. Uh, We don't want to be labeled as something. Uh, Listen, uh, I don't care what you label me as. Uh, I don't care what you call me as. Uh, I am uh, somebody uh, that will boldly stand and tell you uh, that a Pentecostal experience uh, is something uh, that has kept me in the midst of trouble. Please hear me. We are in a crisis situation this morning. While we come and do religious activity, our children and our children's children are in a place of bondage The embers are all around us of what used to be. But yet we think we can just go through the formality. Please hear me. The enemy will never, ever willingly let your family go. Never. David understood, I need something more than myself. So we find in verses seven and eight, when he says, bring me the ephod, and he came under the covering of another. He was understood he was coming under one that would not just comfort him, but one that could guide him. Not only was he coming under one that could just comfort and guide him, but he was coming under the one that could empower him. And when he began to get that ephod on, his cry of desperation turned into something different. 
Before it was, oh God, help me. What am I going to do? But now it's a conversation of substance. Shall I pursue? Shall I overtake? I like this part. And the Lord answered him. If you don't feel like the Lord's answering you, maybe you need to change your approach. Maybe we need to quit saying, woe is me and oh, poor pitiful me. And and maybe we need to get back and say, oh God, you're a God that knows all things and you see the condition. But Lord, I don't settle for the condition that I see. Because, Lord, I believe, I believe that because you delivered me in the field when there was a lion and a bear, I believe that because you delivered me when there was a Goliath in front of me, I believe, oh, how I believe, that you can deliver my wives and the children and everything that was stolen in this season because you are a God that does not change. Oh, I feel like preaching this morning. God, just put on your seatbelt just for a few moments uh, because can I tell you, uh, there's an enemy that is telling you, uh, oh, your best days are behind you. Uh, there's an enemy that's telling you you don't have any reason to be joyful. Uh, you don't have any reason to be excited uh, because look around you. Uh, oh, you're t- I've took your children. Uh, I've took your grandchildren. Uh, I've took your finances. I've took your business. I've took your hopes. I've took your dreams. But what he don't understand is that there is a blood-bought remnant church that has begun to get back under the ephod. I come to tell you this morning, I didn't just come to preach, but I come to tell you I've been under the ephod. And I didn't come just to come, but I come to pursue. And I come to tell the enemy that he can't have a generation. He can't have you. He can't have your family, he can't have your family's family, he can't have this nation, oh I'm telling you, there's an unexpected rescue that's about to hit our nation because God is still the ultimate authority, I'll give him a shout of praise I said give him a shout of praise if you need something rescued in your life, give him a shout of praise I know it may not look pretty. Uh, I know it may not smell pretty. Uh, but can I tell you, uh, when you get under the ephod, uh, there is a place of power and authority uh, that we begin to step into. Uh, and David, when he got up, he said, listen, boys, uh, I know you're distressed. Uh, I know you're overwhelmed. Uh, and I know 200 of you don't even have enough energy to make it. Uh, but if you just guard what little bit of stuff we've got, uh, I'm going to take 400 men uh, and we're going to go take authority because I got a word from the Lord. I I, I don't know about you this morning, uh, but I got a word burning in my spirit. Uh, I know what the enemy said. Uh, I know what it may look like. Uh, I even know what it may feel like, Uh, but I got a word burning. Uh, The Lord says just pursue. Uh, Don't back up. Uh, Don't give in. Uh, Just keep walking it out. Uh, I know you may be weary, uh, but if you'll pursue, uh, there is joy uh, coming in the morning. Oh, (coughs) 
Oh, oh, hear this preacher this morning. Uh, David uh, gets up. He's got 400 men with him. Uh, he begins to walk down. Uh, listen, uh, they find a man in the field, a young man. Uh, been there three days, hasn't ate, uh, hasn't drank any water. Uh, the enemy just threw him off like he was trash. Uh, but David says, hey, uh, let's feed him. Let's water him. Uh, let's get him some help. Uh, he says, will you will show me? Will you show me where the enemy is? I, I, I'm, I got a man, I wish I could deliver everything I feel in my spirit. But there is revelation coming from unexpected places. It's getting ready to help the body of Christ transition into a place where it can begin to combat some things of great darkness in this nation. Listen, I'm not just talking about family, but I'm talking about a nation. Listen, there's a freshness in my spirit this morning concerning my nation. I know that there's many other nations, uh, but at the same time, there's a mandate upon us. Uh, there's a call on us for a last day uh, visitation and, expir- and, a, and, a, and, a, and a spreading of the gospel. Uh, I'm here to tell you the enemy uh, is trying. Listen, it's not by accident. Please hear me. Uh, when you hear leaders uh, of Iran and other places identify uh, Israel as little Satan uh, and America as the big Satan, uh, that was demonic utterance that it was uttered a few years ago. Uh, Knowing this, they understand in the demonic realm uh, how big of a threat we are. Uh, Not because of our military. uh, Not because every household in the middle of America has 15 guns. Uh, Listen, uh, I appreciate them. That's a boy, get 15 more. Uh, But at the same time, uh, listen, uh, there's something else in this nation. Uh, It's called a Bible belt. Uh, It's called a place. You're not hearing me. Well, you're not hearing me this morning. And the enemies did everything in its power uh, to try to drive back uh, and to push away, uh, tried to take our families and put them in captivity, uh, tried to get our children and our children's children uh, hooked on drugs and pornography and everything else uh, and says, oh, I've got them where I want them. Uh, And in the spirit right now, if you could see, uh, there's a host uh, of demonic influence uh, that's doing the very thing uh, that the enemies of David was doing. Uh, They're getting into a drunken stupor. Uh, They're dancing. Uh, they're playing, uh, they're celebrating uh, because what they're doing, they're evaluating all of the spoil. Uh, oh, look what we've done. Uh, look what we're doing with gender. Oh, we're awesome. Uh, what we're doing with abortion. Oh, we this uh, and we've done this and we've done this. But what they don't realize uh, is that there was somebody they abandoned uh, out in the field uh, and he had a contact with a king uh, and it wasn't King David, but it was King Jesus. Uh, and it's beginning to give us influence and direction and guidance uh, between that uh, generation finding Jesus uh, and a fresh impartation of the Holy Ghost uh, where a church is coming back under an ephod anointing. Uh, Listen, uh, there's a rising up of 400. Uh, It may just be 400. Uh, It may just be 4,000. I don't know what the number is. All I know is that there's a troop uh, that says I can leap over a wall. Uh, I can do whatever I need to uh, because there's something inside of me. Uh, Can I tell you? uh, And this band, this remnant people uh, is getting ready to make its about 
announcement of its arrival. And it's not going to beat its chest and say we're here. No, it's going to come in swinging the sword of the spirit. And we're about to take back some territory. Listen, I'm preaching this morning because your family's in the balance. But I come to tell you that there is a release that's coming. David come and it says he rescued his wives and the children. I come to tell you that there's a rescuing of marriages that's about to take place in this room. I'm telling you, there's a rescue of children that's about to take place in this room. I didn't come to entertain you this morning, uh, but I come to tell you uh, that the enemy that thought that he had you uh, is about to have to loose his hold upon you uh, because uh, there is an ephod anointing. Oh, I'm hurrying. I'm hurrying. I know y'all want to go get a cheeseburger. I'm hurrying. Listen, notice your Bible says that the Lord answered David. And he simply said, I want you to pursue. For thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail recover all. I'm going to serve notice today on the the enemy. There is some areas. There is some things in government. There's some things in high places that you're about to be overtaken to the Lord. Because there's an anointing that's coming up on the spiritual authority of this nation and we are even though our weapons are not carnal but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds I'm here to tell you there's some dark things coming down church there's some exposing about to take place in a matter of hours there's about to be a manifestation of the true power and the authority of God and there is a generation Asbury was nothing my friend it was just a taste but there's a cloud of glory that's about to come and there's a generation that's about to walk in a place of freedom. There's an unexpected rescue. There's an unexpected rescue. However, if we're going to experience this thing, we must first call for a visitation and a fresh impartation of the Holy Spirit in our lives. There must be, there must be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in your life right now in this season. I sincerely believe that God is desiring to give us clarity and direction in this very moment of history. The spirit of Antichrist is present. Yes, it is. And it's working in the earth. Yes, it is. But it is prematurely Please hear me. Trying to operate in areas that has not yet been given to him. And he has taken and placed chains upon men and women. But today, I sense this in my spirit. That the word of the Lord has been released across this nation. And is giving a mandate to the remnant body to said it's no longer time to wait. But just like David experienced at another time in his life, we are in the defining moment. The Lord has not let us pursue in certain areas because the time was not right yet. But the time is now here. And there is a rustling in the top of the mulberry trees. 
You hear me? And for the one that will follow the noise. They're about to be led into the camp of the enemy. And there is about to be a destruction come. There is a recovery that's coming. I know some of you in this room have a hard time believing what's been said this morning. Because you're looking at it naturally. And I'll be honest with you, your situation's big. I don't make light of it. But it's not bigger than our God. And there is an unexpected rescue on your behalf. Because there is still an empowered church that God is using. And this morning, they used to sing the little chorus. You don't have to leave here like you came in Jesus' name. For the Holy Ghost of Acts is still the same. Bound, oppressed, tormented, sick, or lame, you don't have to leave here the way you came in Jesus' name. You know why? It's because there is an unexpected rescue this morning. David, with his 400 men, even though they was weak and distressed by what they saw, even though they still had the smell of burning embers in their nostrils. He takes a journey. And in the valley, he sees everything that was taken. It says he began at the time of encounter. Notice what it says. Simply says that When they got down there in verse number 17, that David smote them from the twilight even until the evening of the next day. Once he started swinging, he didn't quit. There is a, there is an ephod anointing that's getting ready to be set in motion and it's not going to quit. And it's going to not just drive back, but it's going to destroy. Some of you have been settled and content with just, okay, just drive the enemy back a little bit so I can breathe for a moment. I'm not talking about just a little bit of reprieve. But I'm talking about there is utter destruction coming. And the chains are going to fall off. Because there is still the anointing of the Holy Ghost present. And you and I can walk in victory, not just for a day, but continually. As we stand all over the house this, this morning, they want to come to the music today. There's much more I could say. I feel like I should be done. There's an enemy that is real. There's an enemy that is strategically, methodically positioned and repositioned and has made great gains. And on the landscape of our nation, 
on the landscape of our families, we see and hear crackling, burning embers. We look around and not only is our children, but our children's children are in places of bondage. Some would say, is there any use, preacher? Don't you see what I see? I do. But also see past what you see this morning in the natural. And I see a God that loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son so that we could have life have it more abundantly and also see upon his great sacrifice and his return to heaven there was a dispatching of the Holy Spirit the Bible says that he's moving to and fro upon the earth looking for one he can inhabit just waiting for somebody to get the ephod and to grab a hold of the stones and say God I need direction I need guidance I don't come to you with the wisdom of men or enticing words but I come to you with the word of the Lord this morning so bold speak directly to you and I want to do it in love this morning because I do love you but here's what I have understanding if we continue to do what we're doing continue to behave in the same manner that we're behaving we continue to embrace the same train of thought that we're embracing there is nothing but destruction in your future. But if you'll begin to believe the report of the Lord, there is nothing but victory in your future. Because no matter what the enemy may try to do, the Lord will work those difficult things even for the good of those that will believe and trust in him. To this morning, Maybe you just thought you was coming to church. I'm glad you came to church. But the Lord wants to rescue you this morning. From the torment of your mind to the unsettling of your emotion to the strongholds that the enemy has tried to place on your life. None of them are greater. None of them are bigger power and the love of Christ for you. Maybe this message isn't for everybody. Maybe just for one or two people this morning. But I really believe that there's some people under the sound of my voice in this room as well as even online that you've been going through some stuff, challenging things. enemies just brought you into a place of captivity in your mind, in your emotion, in your spirit. But God wants to 
wants to set you free today. He wants you to walk from this house with a peace and a rest and an assurance. How many knows that when you begin to get free, it, it changes everything in your dimension? You see, when a mommy and daddy gets free, it sets the things in motion for children to get free. When a church in a community gets free, it begins to set the stage for the community to become free. When multiple communities begin to get free, it begins to set the nation free. Personal relationship, marriages and relationships, children. Shall I pursue? Shall I overtake them? He says, pursue, David. And thou shalt surely. Shalt surely. You surely will recover. but preacher you don't listen I'm not making light of it you're going to recover because there's an anointing there's something moving there's something moving there are those today I want to say this and then we're going to pray the craziness of our world that we're witnessing for our very eyes the things that when you look at it and say how in the world can they even think that way how did it get so radical so quickly it's because as they kept grabbing and they kept grabbing and they kept grabbing they have lost all sense of direction and guidance and they've given themselves over to drunken stupors demonic realms and they're failing to see what God is doing right now and we've seen a lot of things transpire but the Lord is bringing me back in my spirit to a lot of things that I've preached for the last six, seven years and he said you you thought you would have seen them quicker but he says it wasn't yet but he said, you're entering into the time where you're going to see what you've preached for the last seven years. And I began to think on these things. And I want you to understand, don't be moved when you see disturbing things and headlines come across your news feeds and your social devices. But just know this, God is working and methodically removing and setting some things free. And there is getting ready to be a realignment in this nation. Darkness is getting ready to be driven back for a space of time. And there is getting ready to be a shout that emerges out of the United States of America that is going to bring glory and honor to the Lord. I wish I could elaborate on this. I don't have time to do that this morning. 
God. There's a shout getting ready. There's a sound getting ready to come out of this nation. It's getting ready to affect the nations of the world. And that sound is not coming from political parties, but it's coming from a remnant of God's people that is going to have a rippling effect into every area, even the political area. And there is going to be righteous men and righteous women that God is getting ready to bring from a place of obscurity. And there is a sound of revival that's getting ready to take place. And I believe this might just be one of those places. But you're going to have to let God just do the work inside of you. So this morning, if you'd say, you know what, I, I feel like I've been, I'm not going to ask you what it is this morning. You just feel like, you know what, there's some areas of my life I feel like I've been in captivity. I feel like the enemies just put chains on me and just, just put me in captivity in some manner. It's not a question of whether you're saved or not. I'm not asking that. If you've never given your heart to the Lord, I want you to come this morning. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. But if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you'd say, you know what, I feel like the enemies put some chains on me, got me in captivity, affected my family, affected my marriage, is affecting my children or my children's children. I want you to step out of your seat right now and come stand in front of this building right now. Right now. Is there anybody? I'm not going to beg you. I did my part. I've delivered the message. But if you're here this morning, I'm telling you, God wants to rescue you this morning. I know this sounds really strange. And I'm really, really careful. It was really, I, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to imitate anybody or do anything or follow after anybody but I tell you my life has my life has dramatically changed since the little bit of time that I got to spend with brother Floyd my life drastically changed and there's something about the word in this season and if you're here and you need some freedom. You need some comfort. You need some direction. You need some guidance. I want you to come. Because God's getting ready to do something in your life. I want you to come. You can stand and you can kneel, but right now. Pastor Jay here. I just want to thank you for watching the service with us today and being a part of it. We ask that you stay in touch with us, follow us on all of our social media platforms, and we'll see you again soon. We love you, so does God.